Yo, yo. You on? Yes, sir. Alright. Alright, people. Yeah. Mike, paper, scissors. Episode. Don't forsake the wisdom in your eight, I think. Damn, I kind of lost count, man. This corona's got me thrown off. But um, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, got my special guest today. Got my man Brock, my Sonic brother, all the way down in Texas. Um, what city you in? Fort Worth, Dallas, Grand Prairie. It's like a little mid city area between Dallas and Fort Worth. Okay. Okay. Like suburban it up, you know. How's it? How's it down there? I mean. Down here, it just is what it is, man. I mean, we do have a shelter in place, so it's kind of um, a ghost town in places where it's normally busy. But for the most part, I mean, people kind of moving around the way they need to be moving around without much resistance. Well, see, y'all got that. Y'all got that. What, what's y'all weather like right now? Uh, right now, it is sunny and 81. Oh, so... <laughs> So the fact that folks is out then. Yeah, yeah. People, you know, out. Now, the thing that I have seen that's different from any other time, people are actually just out, not in their cars. People are walking. You see people walking their dogs. People, I didn't even know had kids out with their kids. (laughs) (laughs) Are, are Are they masked up? Some are, some aren't. Um, I say it's about 50-50, man, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, if you go into an establishment, the vast majority are masked up. Okay, okay. <clears throat> um, so, you know, that could lead us into our first discussion. Um, so, I know you've been hearing about the disparities in, in, in the black community as far as the coronavirus goes. Absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of factors that play into this. It's just not okay. Black folks is getting it. I know, you know, there's a lot of underlying issues behind that. A whole lot, man. So many. And I know you work in the medical field, so like, what are you seeing? Okay, so um, let's let's first address the the elephant in the room. And the first thing with that is just the fact that you have to have access to care. And as much as we as a people would like to believe that healthcare is viewed as a right and everyone should have access to it, what people fail to realize is that healthcare is as much of, if not more, of a business than it is about being an industry that helps people. Oh, absolutely. The, the business of healthcare is what I think shows a big plays a big part in the disparity between people of color in comparison to our Caucasian counterparts. So if you, you want to look at that, you, you really have to factor that in. Um, so when you talk about having access to quality care, you look at the numbers and just numbers as a whole show that we aren't, aren't on the same economic footing, you know, as a collective as they are. That being said, we're going to have less access to quality care. So that's, that's the first thing that, you know, we just have to address, recognize and understand. Now, um, so you're saying we don't have access to all those facilities that our um, white counterparts may have. Not as a collective, you know, there, there, there are pockets of us that do, 
um, you know, large pockets of us that do. But if you're talking about just as a whole, we don't have the immediate access because we're not in the same socioeconomic class as a lot of our Caucasian counterparts. So, you know, either that or their children who are taking care of them have the ability to, and by that I'm talking about the older um, the older um, population that may have more comorbidities and are more prone to be false susceptible to the virus. They may have kids who are not only taking care of them, but have the ability to take care of them at a certain standard of living that gives them access to care. Right. So that, that's the big thing. Access is probably one of the biggest factors and that access more often than not, even though the government or people in general don't want to admit it is heavily based on your socioeconomic class. If you are of a higher socioeconomic class, you probably stay in a better neighborhood. That better neighborhood probably has better schools and also has access to better <clears throat> care facilities. Um, the doctors who could probably take, and this is, you know, not trying to fire shots at doctors who provide care in lower income or underserved areas, because some doctors actually go and care providers go into the field with the intention to provide for the underserved. But a lot of them are in it, you know, hey, they want to get paid too. And where do you get paid? In the places that can afford to pay you. Yeah, I see these these urgent care centers are popping up in the hood like crazy. Like hotcakes. That is, um, a lot of that is to provide access to an underserved community. But you also have to keep in mind, and I'm not trying to say that they aren't good, but they are, a lot of those facilities also get funded for providing care to the underserved. So if you can provide care to the underserved, you get kickbacks for that. So this, this, let's push them in and, and push them out. <laughs> right, right. It becomes more of a, um, a, an assembly line <laughs> more than anything. So you're not, you're not going to get the best care there, per se. Um, it's a case-by-case basis. But with something like this... Um, when you're talking about something that could have a potential um, a potential high mortality rate, you may want to go to a place that is more equipped to handle you in the event you need to become an inpatient. <coughs> um, those those pop up shops are more for you know non urgent events. You know, it's right, just right. Things things that don't necessarily require you to have to have a bed stay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um... So that's that's the big thing. Um, now, if you want to talk about some other things, we we could talk about a lot. Is you know, I know a lot of people feel like we're being targeted, especially when you look at places like Atlanta, um, where you know the state of Georgia is pretty much opened everything back up, and a lot of the places that were on that list, um, as far as establishments, were you know beauty salons, barbershops, gyms, um, I, gyms. Um, I even heard a rumor, I have not been able to confirm this, but there was a rumor that said um, Magic City, uh, if you don't know what Magic City is, then I can't help you go look it up. <laughs> if you're listening, go look, it, go look it up. But either way, Magic City supposedly had a line wrapped around the building because they are open too. Wow. And I didn't hear that one, but wow. So if that is true... Um, I have to say this, whether we are being targeted or not, 
we as a people have to be more intelligent than to allow ourselves to fall victim to it. So the second part of us being um, our, our numbers being what they are is that we gotta we gotta do better as a people. We have to. For those of us who are educated, we have to do a better job of educating the ones of us who aren't. True. And for those of us who aren't, need to be open-minded to the idea that we don't know everything and we might maybe just want to sit our asses down. Well, Brock, what do you you feel about this? You know, you have the other side where, you know, Blacks have um, a lot of underlying issues and pre-existing conditions conditions that kind of are the are the the nucleus to 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 this coronavirus like once it gets well, in you it kind of feeds off of that so if you've had you know asthma or diabetes right um, well that's where it goes into like when i was speaking on the cor- the comorbidities um that's where it kind of that's that does play a large part and when you start talking about that that goes into more of a systemic nature of what's going on with our people as a whole we as a collective we're starting to become more of a healthy people but historically speaking we ain't the healthiest of people especially when you start talking about our dietary habits and a lot okay, of those hold on. issues me, that we let, have let me stop you right there okay prime okay example in the hood you know you got your mcdonald's Burger king wendy's Ch- kentucky fried chicken but then mm-hmm. you, you go out into those other neighborhoods, you know, you, you got whole foods. You got your whole foods, right? <laughs> so then we're not even getting we're not even getting the the um the establishments to eat better. You're you're absolutely right. We we aren't, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate here just for the for the sake of playing it. Let's be real, because I mean I, I grew up in the hood, <coughs> you grew up in the hood, we know people who still in the hood. Right. If we put a sprouts in the hood, would it last? No. Uh, uh, I, I, mean, I hear what you're real. saying. But okay. I'm just like, okay, a prime you know, example. We put a you we put a whole foods in the in the hood. Is it gonna I'm not saying that there won't be some people who can benefit from it. I'm saying because at the end of the day, an old white guy told me this. If you want to know the answer to the question, no matter what the question is, the answer is always money. So let's talk Whole Foods. You put Whole Foods in the hood. It might take a half a generation for people to get accustomed to having fresh options at their disposal. But But is it going to last that long monetarily? There's a but to that, though. But, you know, blacks aren't, aren't, they're conditioned one way. So we have to Absolutely. we have to recondition our minds to eat better. You know, during slavery, we had to eat the slops and make it good. The the, the right. pig intestines, pig the blood, hog did mouth, that. the chitlins. So, and that went on for generations. Right. So now we have to recondition ourselves to to eat better. Like we know more. Like you said, you know better, you do better. So there should be, well, we, should, we shouldn't have you, lines at McDonald's. Theor, the, theoretically speaking, you know better, you do better. Some of us, and and I, myself included, I'm guilty in some instances, you know better, you don't always do better. Now you're right, because I, <laughs> I, I, I still eat some chitlins. I ain't going front. Right, right. I ain't going right. front. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm sitting here sipping on a glass of bourbon now. <laughs> 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 so, 
you know, it's you would hope that that of course with education you start to do better over time. I guess the question is, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you put establishments like that in underserved areas and communities and make those establishments um, have comparable prices for that area? Um, well, you know, to eat better, and, to eat healthier is very expensive. Very, very. And that's why I'm saying you have to have some comparable prices for that area, which would probably end up, you know, if you're going to tell an establishment, look, we need you to be competitive or, you know, for the area that you're in, then they're going to ask for some form or fashion of federal subsidy or not move to that area. Um, so what, what comes first? Do you put these places in the area or do you provide the education and hope that people try to push to do better? Or do you try to put fresh gardens in markets that are, hey, black owned or, or not not black owned, but black are uh, owned by the people of that community, be it black, Latino, whatever, um, whatever the case may be, to serve that area. But again, it goes back to education and people wanting to do that. It's so much easier for a cat to be like, yo, I'm gonna go over here to Wendy's and grab this four for four than it is to go to a neighborhood fresh market or garden and get fresh fruits and veggies and then go back home and cook. That's crazy. Like we're talking about the coronavirus and and how it affects black people. And you look at all the layers that kind of that kind of add to the condition that we're in. Right. Right. And, you know, so to to say that we're targets. um, It's a yes and no. I don't 50 50. It is a yes and no. It's a yes and no because I, I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. However, we are definitely prone or prone to more prone than most anyway to fall victim to it because of habits that have been ingrained in our culture for generations. You know, we, again, like we we both agree, we we aren't the healthiest people um, as a collective. We're getting we're getting better. We're getting much much better. You see a lot of black people in the um, healthy eating and fitness more so than you you ever have. Yeah. And so I would hope that you know as we progress in the future that you know that those ta- those tables will turn. But as a sense today, we're not a very healthy culture. Well, I I, I um, saw I saw a a um. A thing online where it said blacks are three hundred and forty percent more likely to die from the corona than whites. Yeah, and, uh, so let's so let's look at this. Yeah, I wonder if those and I would have to research this myself. Now I'm interested to do so. It's the nerd in me for those of y'all wondering. But um, I'm wondering if those same numbers correlate with blacks compared to um, whites as it relates to diabetes, hypertension. And any other um, comorbidities that someone may have, um, cancer rates, um, all of that. If you look at those things and see if those numbers pair up, you could you would probably see a very close, if not direct, correlation with the health of a people in conjunction with their mortality rate as it um, is affected by Corona. Okay. Okay. Um. <clears throat> all right, all right. We, we can jump off that. We, you know, we touched on it. We'll see how it goes over the next few weeks. If you know, if we got to jump and do another uh, 
episode about it. We will. But uh, oh, we will because it's a spike coming, man. They they opening up too soon. Oh yeah, I agree with you on that. So, all right, we'll jump off that. Um, so there's one thing that's interesting. I was watching the I was watching a a, a old basketball, a LeBron James high school game, and mm-hmm. Dick Vitale and 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 Luke Wall. I mean, not Luke Wall and um, was his father? Uh, Bill Wall. Uh, Bill, Bill Wall. He um. They were talking about the whole thing with LeBron going to college at that time. And it just, like, hit me out the blue. Like, they were talking, like, going to college is just, like, an expected thing from kids. And I know they're speaking from their white lens. Yeah. And it just hit me, like, y'all, y'all are talking like, like these black kids just, like, can just go to college. Like, they have the immediate option to go to college. They have the resources, the funds to go to college. No, they don't. So that just it just like hit me, man. You want you want to touch on that? Um I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you um described it as them viewing it through their white lens. Um you have to take into consideration more often than not the way we view the world is nothing more than a sum total of the things that we've been through. So we may see, you know, some things on the outside looking in and think like, man, that's messed up over there, but it's not necessarily our reality. And I think more often than not, and especially in this country where you think it would be a little more um, understood the um, struggles and pitfalls that certain subgroups have, it's not. It's not the reality of a lot of white people, what black people, black folks have to go through or what just the 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 lack of information we have. I'll give you an example. For me, um, and I used to be ashamed to say this, but it's the truth. I went into the army after, um, after high school. Mm-hmm. A, lar- a large part of why I did that is because, to be perfectly honest, I didn't know how to go to college. I, the, my whole thought process about going to college was either A, you got a scholarship, or B, you had a rich mom and daddy. I didn't know anything about financial aid until I was an adult. Right, right. <clears throat> um, meanwhile, these the, uh, our, our white counterparts, as I like to call them and refer, refer to them, they had generations of college graduates. So when you have that, you have examples to follow. You have people who can say, hey, do this. You have somebody who may have a contact at their school or may one of their classmates is now the dean of admissions or whatever the case may be. A lot. Of, so for them, college is just, it's just a natural progression in your growth. Whereas for us, a lot of us, it's like, hey, when you turn 18, you got to go to work. You got to um go to the military, you got to go to school, but you got to go. Right. And le- you look at LeBron, raised by a single mother, you know, on welfare, and he's got an opportunity to make millions of dollars. I don't, I'm pretty sure his mindset isn't, oh, let me go to college. Right. He, no, not at all. Not even remotely. And that part, all right, I'm going to touch on this even though it's not the subject, but I'll give you an example of how that white lens really affects how they see us. That it's a big it's a big deal in the NBA as far as kids not being able to come straight from high school to um 
to the league anymore. And, oh, they need to try, you know, they tried to push them into college. A lot of them have booked the system and went and played overseas. I believe the top recruit, um, the top high school recruit this year is actually foregoing college and going to the D League instead. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 um, he, he done found a way around the system. Right. He done found a way around the system. Now, the irony of all of that to me is this. Basketball, it's no secret basketball is predominantly black sport, correct? Yep. How come these same rules don't apply in baseball and hockey? I've always said that. Because high school and hockey, you can still come straight out of high school. Right. If you, if you just that nice, you just that nice. In baseball, if you just that nice, you're just that nice. The one sport that I don't really argue with it on is football. And I think because of the physicality of it, it's hard for me to fathom that an 18-year-old is ready to bang with grown men. I totally men. agree with you. Totally agree with you. 150%. <laughs> but if, if, you have, if, if the law states that you have the opportunity, if you're good enough, you should have the opportunity to earn, then why does that not go across the board? Right. With the only exception. And I can't help but think it's because it's black with the, with, the, with the exception of maybe Kobe, who, you know, his parents had money. <clears throat> um, right. Majority, I mean, there's probably like a handful of black kids that were afforded the opportunity to go to college and didn't. But for the other 98%, shit, like. They was trying to get right. out. This, it was life changing. It me. was. It was. You know, so, I mean, why, why would you, you know, I mean, there's so many things that can be affected by that. You know, we could talk about the obvious and say injury. Okay, cool. You know, you go, you go to college that one year, you got injured when you could have been getting paid. Of course, the college has made some money off of you. And so you, you have that tidbit. But how about the fact that maybe the college game, because those who are basketball fans know, the college game doesn't necessarily, necessarily translate to the pro game. No. What if your draft, your draft stock drops? And you went from potentially being a lottery pick to outside of the lottery. That can still, I'm not saying that you don't have the opportunity, but that could still be life-changing. You're talking about millions of dollars lost because you had to go spend a year in a system that don't even fit your game. You got to strike all the irons hot. If you're if you're a top prospect and 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 they're looking at you and you're coming from, you know poverty the hood the ghetto whatever you want to call it and right. they're like yo you could be a lottery pick making x amount of millions of dollars you're like shit i'm out right. <laughs> I, i'll go to college later like college what college man hey i can pay for that after and you the see fact. a lot of these programs they're um they know when you know their kids are coming in they know they're one and done's so they're right. not even like putting any energy into academically helping this kid finish college. They know he's just coming to play one year and he's out of here. A big one is Duke. And Kentucky. Um, I remember when the well, – well, see, but you know what? I don't really, really not Kentucky because Kentucky embraced it from the start. It was like, cool, one and done? All right, let's help you get to the league. If you went to Duke, you, you um, normally was a, a four-year – you stayed four years. Right. And initially, um, Duke had a whole lot to say about the one-and-done um, environment. I mean, you know, Coach K had a whole lot to say about it. Fast forward to now, um, he's embraced it wholeheartedly. 
So it's like, oh, how the tables have turned. You know, these one and dones was winning chips, so you had to be more accepting of it. Yeah, because he, cause he had so Kyrie. You, you could say Kyrie relevant. for one year, right? Yeah, 11 games to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you play 11 games to be the number one pick in the draft. I still don't know that, but, you know, hey. Hey. <laughs> um, ah, well, well, you know, let's see. I mean, what's, what's, what's your thoughts on that, though? <clears throat> I mean, shit. If if there's an opportunity for me to come from the conditions that I was raised in, which... Oh, how about this? We, we won't even say you. Your kid. Your kid now. What do, you tell your, what, what do you tell your son? What do you tell your daughter if they have the opportunity to go pro in whatever? What, what do you Man, tell honestly, them? that's something I got to sleep on because I know the importance of education, but then... Exactly. But also, like, <laughs> it's his life, and I, I can, I can lead him to the water, but I can't make him drink it. And if he's seeing dollar signs, I mean, I can't tell him no. It's his decision. I can't say, I can say no. You're not gonna go, but he turn around. He's eighteen, nineteen years old. He can do what he want to do. But I would just try to enforce education, or you know, like, like Marcus can be like, okay, you, you played a couple at least go back and finish or or get your degree at some point make that promise to me so i don't you know that's a situation that's a touchy mm-hmm. touchy situation yeah i figured it would be especially you being an educator man i, I figured it would be it's, it's it's hard to say no you can't go to the league when you got you know seven million dollar um offer in front of you with a three million dollar signing bonus like you know, is how can you tell a 19, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, turn that down? I can be perfectly honest with you. At that age, no one would have been, been able to convince me not to. <laughs> but I will also say 18-year-old me with a multi-million dollar contract would not have been good. It, it, it would have been a problem. I would like to believe that I wouldn't have made mistakes that I couldn't recover from. But I can also sit here and be honest with myself and say it's a strong chance that I, I would have made some business. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Um, let me jump on this next one. Um, so, with everything going on with this quarantine, with the corona and causing quarantine, <clears throat> I was sitting and thinking, like, is this a time, is this a sign for America to slow down and reset? Like, you know, we're always on the go. It's this always go, 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 go. And now this, and then you see pe- people are getting antsy because now they, they, you know, they got time to sit down and it's like, I don't want to sit down. Like, it's like I got ADHD and I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm on go. Right. Like, yo, sit down. This is, is it, this like a sign? Like y'all need to sit y'all asses down and slow down. I I, th- I think that it is. Um, uh, strangely enough, me and my wife are actually talking about this, man, and we are of the um, thought process that we didn't, we don't think it'd be a bad idea if we shut down for a month every year to shut everything down. Everybody go sit down, get in tune with your family, get in tune with yourself, whatever the case may be. Give the world a break, you know. <laughs> And, and just tune in to your star player. Yeah. And um, 
I do think that a lot of people are antsy, but I think that there's a um a psychological reason behind that. When you are forced to sit down, you're forced to get in tune with who you are. And I think that a lot of people are so scared, <laughs> torn up, uh, t- yeah, torn up about not being able to be out and be quote unquote social. And the reason I say quote unquote is because I'm a, <clears throat> I, I really believe that social media has made us one of the least social. Um, we're at one of the least social points in our life. Even with the advent of social media, people don't know how to actually socialize. I agree with you, but that's that's a topic. That's a topic right. for another day. But but all of that said, I think people don't have the ability to go out and do the things that make them feel social. And so the question becomes: Are you defined by your social experiences? Are are you defined by something deeper? And I think that a lot of people are starting to realize that they're nothing more than the things that they attend, the places that they go to, the people that they surround themselves with. And when you're forced to be at home, now you got to figure out who the so hell. So when you, you look are. in the mirror, you you just you don't you don't know that person. You don't know that person. You ain't spend time with that person. The person that you are is the person that's posting selfies with everybody at the bar. And now you you don't you're not that person at the bar. So now you have to figure out what actually defines who you are. I think a lot of people are having some identity crisis because they don't know who the hell they are, and they're being forced to figure that out. And that is the scary part. Right. A lot of people are afraid to look at themselves and, and figure out who exactly I, I, they are, <laughs> or get in tune with who. I got one for you. You know, you gotta actually get to. For some, not all, for some, you got to get to know your spouse, your girl, your man. Oh, like, man. Oh, shit, I, I, I didn't know you. <laughs> right. I wonder, I wonder how many divorces are going <laughs> to happen with all of this. I've def- I seen I'm domestic serious. violent cases have um, spiked a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's both because, you know, again, people don't know their partners. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this in there. People are some people are realizing that their kids are actually as bad as the teachers were saying. Yo, say, <laughs> say, say, yo, say that again. Say that again for the people in the back. They ain't hear you. <laughs> what I said was some people are figuring out that it wasn't the teachers. Your kid is actually bad. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I think that that has a lot to do with the domestic violence. Um but I also think on the flip side of that, just to give a positive spin to it, um, to take a quote from the movie with um, my man Chris Rock, some people are looking at their spouse and like, yo, I think I love my wife. <laughs> so you you got both sides to it. You know, you, you have people who are going stir crazy and don't know what to do with themselves. But you also have people who are trying to be as productive as they can and you know, try some new things. I, I'll give you one that I actually did, man. And I, I if you'd have asked me this three, four months ago, I'd have told you I would have never been into this. Um, but you know, things locked down, and when they shut down elective surgeries, it kind of made um, our business slow down because we're both in healthcare. It didn't totally cut us out because we still got to go do stuff, but it kind of slowed us down. We have a whole vegetable garden in the backyard now. I would have never did that shit three you grew, months ago. You grew a whole <laughs> vegetable garden? 
Yeah, I mean, and we got a little bit of everything back there, man, from tomatoes to onions to corn to collard greens. And it's just like, all right, well, we got time. What, you you want to see? Yeah, let's just see if we can do something. Man. It was it was actually kind of refreshing that's to thing. do. Like people, man, y'all can they can tap into their creative side, the side they didn't even know they had. There's a lot of all stuff right. people can do to utilize their time instead of getting on social media complaining. Right, oh, bro, the the post <laughs> the post that I saw. And because I, I won't name names, I know this individual, so I know the post that he put up. He wasn't joking. A lot of people laughed thinking he was just being funny. But I know this guy personally. He was very sincere. He put a post up, tagged his wife in it. It said, day eight of the quarantine. Been married for five years. Just realized this shit came <laughs> Now, he didn't say chick. He he used another word that a lot of our female um a lot of our female friends would not yeah. like to hear, but he put that on social media. I was like, wow, wow. and he was serious. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people learned some new stuff about that about their um, significant others, and I, I think it's gonna get interest. It's gonna get a lot more interesting and a lot more um, tense for some. Um, here in the near but, future. Yeah, man. I, I just hope people, you know, utilize this time and, you know, rest, relax. And I, I know it's a stressful point for those that are not working, but, you know, you tap into your creative sides. Uh, find a hobby. Do some stuff around the house. There's a lot of stuff you can get done. So. True. I mean, that's facts. and I mean, let's be real. Um, I don't know about you. I can't speak for anybody else, but because I'm not moving around as much, I spend less money. Man, my my bank account I, is looking lovely right now. <laughs> right, I, I I spend less money. I didn't realize how much money I was spending Word. just in gas. <laughs> you know, so be easy, man. Just get in tune with your star That's players. It. Well. I appreciate you, Brock, man. I, I, I like this episode. It's kind of dope. Oh, man. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on, man. It's been a long I know, time. I hope, and I hope we can do it again, brother. Absolutely, All right, people, fam. Thanks for listening.